Amen. Well, good morning, church family. Uh, we want to welcome you one more time uh, to all of you from wherever it is that you are tuning in and joining us today. As Brian said, we are in a series called Simply Peace. And, um, and Pastor Dan Sarna brought a powerful word last Sunday. If you did not get a chance to listen or watch the message from last Sunday, I hope that you'll take time sometime this week or even later today and, um, and check it out. Go to our website, our church app, go to Facebook, wherever it is that we broadcast our, our messages. And you can be encouraged by the way that Pastor Dan set up this series on peace. You know, we often, as a team, our, our teaching team, we are always seeking God and wanting to be led of the Spirit and, and really have God plant in our hearts what it is that he wants to say through us to the church, that's you. And, um, and a couple months ago, this, this idea of a series on peace was just kind of dropped in our hearts as a team. And I, I feel, and I'm sure that you can agree with this, that this was a very timely series. You know, we had no idea, um, at least in Pennsylvania, we had no idea that um, a couple of days ago, our state was going to go under new restrictions again. Um, but it's not ironic to God. God knew that. He saw that. And I believe that it was very timely that the Lord directed us to uh, bring a series on helping people experience peace in this uh, tumultuous season as it is today. And I think we can all agree uh, that peace is probably one of the most coveted commodities in the world today. You know, and it's not just, you know, we, we, we tend to think, uh, of life in our little corner of the world. We tend to think of life in our day, in our culture, in our environment, and that makes sense because that's where we live. This is where we do life. But peace has always been a, a necessary quality to experience. I think, um, you know, we think that this world that we live in is so turbulent and there's so much happening, and there is. But this is not new to earth, right? This, the, the world's systems have been broken since the fall of man, right? The world has been reeling from the curse of sin for thousands of years. And you won't be surprised to know that in the New Testament, the word peace is used over 100 times. And so our brothers and sisters in the early church 2,000 years ago when the New Testament was written, our brothers and sisters had just as much a need for peace as you and I do today. And as Brian said, you know, last week Dan talked about enduring peace. And I hope that what the Lord has put in my heart to share with you today is something that begins to encourage you. It, it, it kind of equips you to live in peace every day. There's a, there's a part of peace that endures with us for days, weeks, months, years, decades. But then there is an aspect of peace that that you and I would say, I want it right now. Like, I don't, I don't care about peace tomorrow or next week. I, I need it right now. Like, right now is when I need to experience peace because my life is, it's, it's upset. There's stuff going on and there's the, the pressure of things around me. And so I hope that you will lean in today because I believe, as many of you do, I believe that God's word has answers, right? We believe that in this church anyway, we believe that this book is, is the answer book Everything that's necessary for life and faith in God is found right here in this book. And I believe that God's word has very specific answers, even to what Brian was talking about in the offering today. Uh, we didn't talk, but his, you know, the, the, the encouragement he gave before we give today was exactly where I'm going to go with this message today about how God's peace affects us. Um, and, and so I hope that you'll lean in, you know, and, and we're going to, not look at a typical Christmas passage. We're gonna fast forward a bit, but let me kind of start with the Christmas story as we look at some of the places where, where the New Testament speaks of peace in our lives. You know, when you think about the stories of Christmas, one of the, the, the people you might think of are John the Baptist. Uh, his father, Zechariah, when he was prophesying about the birth of the Messiah in Luke chapter one, he said this. In his prophecy, in Luke one seventy nine. Zechariah spoke to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. 
Zechariah, again, the, the father of John the Baptist, when his lips were opened after being muted for a season, uh, he spoke a prophetic word about the Messiah that was to come. And he said that this Messiah, who you and I know as Jesus, would come so that he would guide our feet into the pathway of peace. How many know, maybe even chat that, uh, in the chat today, right, I need the, the path of peace today. Like, you and I need to know that Jesus is going to guide our feet into pathways of peace. Then you have the angels when they spoke to the shepherds. Again, this is one of those familiar stories uh, in the Christmas narrative in the Gospels. Um, in Luke chapter 2, the angels, when they broke forth into the heavens, they said this, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So in every aspect of the prophetic utterances that were given about Jesus coming to this earth, invading the world through the incarnation. Every time it was spoken, the, the prophetic word brought a word of peace to us. And then Jesus himself, again, many times over in the Gospels, he spoke of peace, but I wanted to share this one before we get into today's passage. In John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I have told you, this is what Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then look at what he said here. In this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> and, and again, this isn't a news flash. That's not, that's not breaking news, right? That's what Jesus said this 2,000 years ago. He prophetically spoke to you and to me today in the year 2020. And he said, in this world, you will have trouble. But look at what his, the words of hope that follow. He said, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Maybe put that in the chat. Jesus has overcome the world. Because he has, my friend, he has overcome the world, and Jesus can overcome your world today. And so, man, lean in today. God's got a word for you. Peace is essential but oftentimes elusive. I think every one of us can agree that we, we all want peace, man. It is essential to this life to experience peace every day in my life, but peace also can be one of the most elusive commodities in our world today. You and I, um, there, are, there are countless circumstances in which we have our peace taken from us. Let me read some of these. You know, we think about strained relationships, job tensions, financial shortfalls, busyness, conflict, circumstances, difficult decisions, stressful meetings, sickness in your body, social media. All of these things can produce uh, a, a sense of non peace in our lives. And, you know, even me, I've had many conversations several over the last couple of weeks that were very significant with friends. And, and they're, they're, they're in a, a, a situation right now, their circumstances are pressing in. They're overwhelming and, and there's no sense of peace in their lives. And I wanna tell you that the, the people who the Holy Spirit led to author the scriptures understood that. You know, when we think of the, the, the story of, the, of Mary and Joseph, like Dan talked about last week, you know, they certainly had a circumstance that had the potential to take peace out of their lives. They, be, they became pregnant supernaturally. Mary became pregnant. They were going to bear a child out of wedlock. And in that culture, there was a significant amount of shame and disgrace that would have been their lot in life as a result of that pregnancy. And so they had peace taken out of their world. But it was supernatural what God was doing in their lives. And then he's, now I want to fast forward from the manger today to a prison cell because we're going to look at some of the words penned by the Apostle Paul, again, led by the Holy Spirit, but what Paul said to the church in Philippi. Paul was in this time, when he wrote this letter, he was in prison himself. You know, you think of all the different places and circumstances where you might have peace robbed from your life. Imagine today being in jail. Imagine being in one of our contemporary prisons, Berks County Jail, you know, over in Leesport, there's, you know, hundreds of prisons across this, this country. 
Imagine what this was like for Paul to live in jail. Now, we don't know the exact circumstances of what Paul's imprisonment looked like. He might have been in a dungy, cold, dank prison cell like many of us probably picture when we think about the first century um, and, and Roman prisons. He may have been under house arrest, as some scholars think. He might have been chained, you know, in his leg to, a, to his jailer, to the guard. He might have been chained under house arrest. We don't know. But it's certainly obvious that being imprisoned in the first century was also the kind of circumstance that didn't produce peace. His, his surroundings weren't naturally producing peace in his life. And many of you listening today, again, maybe you're not listening today. Maybe it's Monday night. Maybe it's Wednesday morning when you tune into this message. And your surroundings and your circumstances are not naturally producing peace in your life. And friend, I, I am so excited to open this word with you today. In fact, if you have a Bible open in front of you, if you've got your device, whatever it is, go ahead and turn your Bible open to Philippians chapter four. I wanna, I wanna look at the words of the Apostle Paul that he wrote back to a church that he had planted years before. You know, when you think of the Christmas story, this passage isn't one that naturally comes to mind. It's not a Christmas story. It's not part of the narrative of the Gospels. You read Luke, you know, he kind of captures most of those stories. But I want to tell you that while this isn't a, a typical Christmas passage, this passage contains one of the greatest gifts of all time. The gift of instructing us on how to experience daily peace in Jesus Christ. One of the greatest gifts of all. So I want to say just a, a brief word of prayer again as we open the scripture. Pray with me today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you now on this Sunday morning to open your word to us and to open our hearts to your word. God, whenever we are receiving this word, whenever we're listening and tuning in, God, I pray that you would in that moment, Lord Jesus, open our hearts and our ears to receive your truth in the deepest place in our soul possible, that your truth would be planted in our hearts to produce a harvest of peace in our lives every day. So take your word now and speak it into our lives profoundly and truthfully. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So hopefully you are in Philippians chapter four. What I wanna do is I wanna read the passage in its entirety, uh, Philippians four, verse four through nine. Then I'm gonna go backwards and kind of just walk through this and, and kind of un unpack what I believe the Apostle Paul, again, led by the Holy Spirit, is saying to us today on this uh, 2020 Sunday morning. This is what Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Again, some of us, just a time out right there, some of you need to, to just discern that God is near to you in this place where you're listening right now. Look at what Paul said. Do nothing, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Look at the closing remark Paul said here. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. What a powerful set of uh, scriptures here that I want to unpack for us today. And as, 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 our, as is the case with many aspects of the life of faith, listen to me, church, as, our, as is the case with many aspects of the life of faith, it can be, can, can be broken down into two parts. As you read the scripture, there's, there's things that you read that are our part. This is the thing that I'm responsible to do. And then there's the second part. This is God's part. 
This is the part of the relationship that he is responsible for. And I want us to look through the lens of that, that idea in this passage that there are two components to this, part, this passage, our part and God's part. And let me remind you today that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, then you are in covenant relationship with your Father in heaven. And, and the Bible oftentimes uses the relationship of a husband and a wife to explain the relationship that we have with our Father in heaven in that covenant relationship. In the same manner that husbands and wives are in covenant relationship with each other, you and I are in covenant relationship with God. And husbands and wives in that covenant, there's the husband's part and then there's the wife's part. There are two parts to making that covenant function at its best. Friend, it is the same with our relationship with God. There's your part and my part, and then there's God's part. And today I want to walk through this passage and help us to see what our part is in experiencing daily peace, and then I want us to look at what God's part is. What will God do when you and I do our part? This is so good, man. Lean in. And I want to, I want to say this too. While this message may not change your circumstances, it likely will not. You know, you're going you're gonna, to you know, check off of this, this broadcast when we're done today, and you're going to be in the same circumstance, most likely. But what it can do, what the Word of God can do, is it can change how you experience your circumstances. may not change what's happening around you, but it can change what's, hap what's happening inside of you in spite of what's happening around you. So listen up here. <clears throat> and what, what we'll see in what Paul describes here, I believe that it's easy to understand, but difficult to do. As we walk through this passage, you'll say, well, that doesn't sound very complicated. And it, it really, it, is, it doesn't sound complicated, but it is very difficult sometimes to actually implement in our lives. And I think that um, we sometimes also have the temptation to think that peace will just happen. That if I, if I just am a follower of Jesus, then naturally God will automatically give me his peace. And maybe that is true. Maybe God will do that at times in your lives. But I think every one of us can acknowledge that that isn't always the case. That there are times where, and this passage will show us, that it requires some effort on our part that you and I have a part to play, and when we live out our part according to God's word, then God will always do his part, because friend, God is always faithful. God keeps his promises to you and I, and he will be faithful to his word when you and I do as he instructs us to do. So grab your Bible again. I'm gonna walk through this passage and look at the different steps and instructions that the Apostle Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, gave to us, not just to believers, in the, the first century AD in the early church, but these words have a transcendent quality. They, they, they are beyond time and space and they speak today on December 13th or whenever you're listening to our situation here today. The first step is maybe the most difficult. Paul said, and I think all of this is context for that, that key verse in verse seven, but Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Could it be possible, friend, that the first step in, in receiving and experiencing the peace of God in our lives is to rejoice in the Lord? What if, when, when God gave us this word, what if the first step is thanking God and rejoicing in what he has given us? Rejoice in who Jesus is. Rejoice in God's favor on men. Rejoice in our salvation. Rejoice in the joy of the Lord. And it's not wrong to even rejoice over the things you have in this life. As long as you're rejoicing in the, the source, not in the, the supply, right? Like when we rejoice in the source and not in the supply, then we are still giving thanks and rejoicing back to God. And, and there's this caveat. He said, rejoice in the Lord always that suggests that we should never stop rejoicing in God, finding joy in our covenant relationship with the Father in heaven. That's the first step 
to having peace, according to the Apostle Paul, again, chained to his jailer or imprisoned in a dungy prison cell, Paul says the first step to daily peace is to rejoice in the Lord always. The second step that Paul said is this. Again, easy to understand, not so easy to do. He said, do not be anxious about anything. Maybe if you're, again, if you're on Facebook, if you're on GT Live, get to the chat right now and and chat this phrase that we all have heard before, easier said than done, right? In the King James Version, it says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Type that in the chat, be anxious for nothing. It is, friend, this is easier said than done. And I would, I would, I would suppose that most of us can choose to be anxious, to not be anxious for some things. Like there are things that I can, I can choose to not be anxious about, but, but anything, like anything and everything I'm to choose not to be anxious about, that is such a tall task that you and I will never do alone. You know, I was thinking about anxiety. I, I had a conversation this week with a friend and, and um, talking about the, the fact that he just has no anxiety. I hope he's listening. I hope you're listening, friend. And I hope that this word somehow brings some encouragement to you today. Um, every one of us experience anxiety at different levels. You know, I've had anxiety. We all have battled anxiety at different times. I, and maybe you remember this. If you remember like high school science class, um, you remember that in the little cylinders, I don't know, maybe you never had the, the opportunity to, to be in a chemistry class, but in high school, they had these, these um, cylinders or beakers, whatever they called them. Uh, oh, it was a graduated cylinder. Now my science background is coming up. A graduated cylinder. And when you wanted to stir a solution or, or stir several chemicals together, sometimes you would put it on one of those magnetic mixing plates. And what you would do is you would drop in this tiny little agitator. It was a little rubber thing that you had a magnet inside. And then you drop that little magnet inside the graduated cylinder. And as soon as it hit the bottom of the, the cylinder, it would begin to spin at a high rate of speed. And that, little, that magnet, driven by the magnetic plate, would stir the ingredients in that cylinder until they were thoroughly mixed. And it would just sit there and stir and stir and stir and stir and stir. How many of you, when you are experiencing anxiety, it feels like you've got one of those little magnets inside? Like, you've, it's like, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like right in, it's like in your gut. And you've got one of those little rubber magnets buried inside of your stomach. And it's like it's connected to a perpetual magnet. And it just sits inside and it stirs and it stirs and it stirs and it stirs. And, and you, you're crying out to God, God, when, Lord, what can I do? How can I overcome this stirring that is inside of me. Friend, I think this is part of the answer. Sometimes it requires, man, just a supernatural move of God that God will come and invade your space and touch you and, and carry that burden with you. But there, I, I, I'm saying this with love. I believe that there are things that we can do. There is our part of what you and I can do to help the stirring the stirring, the stirring just to start to, to slow down and to dissipate and to go away. And when we sometimes think that anxiety, and, and there are times where this is maybe the case, but we often think that anxiety is out of our control. Like, I can't help that I'm anxious. And, and I know that when I feel anxious, I would say, well, yeah, that's true. Like, I, f I can't control how I feel right now. But just consider this. Why would Paul command us to be anxious for nothing if that was impossible to do? Imagine I have a nine-year-old at home right now. You know, we have three kids, our 17-year-old, our 15, almost 16-year-old sons, and then we have a little girl. She's nine in third grade, and we are enjoying not the joys of virtual school, right? Our kids are two days in the building and three days at home, and all of you parents out there, if you are helping to school your children at home, man, God bless you today and God bless me today, right? Like there are times where I'm like, 
ah, you know, like, ooh, it's, there it is again. Like, that stirring, you know, helping my daughter in all of her assignments when I'm trying to do my job and all this. It's just a lot right now, right? Your parents with kids at home, you can understand. But imagine, imagine me commanding my nine-year-old daughter to do her brother's calculus homework for her. Imagine, that's impossible, right? My nine-year-old daughter does not have the capacity to complete my son's calculus homework. That is impossible. I would never, I would never command her to do something that I know she cannot do. Do you think that's what Paul's saying here? That he's literally, again, led by the Holy Spirit, commanding believers to do something that he knows is impossible. I think you know the answer. I do too. I don't think that that's what Paul's saying. I think Paul knows if we would do the things and if we would be assisted by the Holy Spirit that truly it is possible to be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, my friend. This is not easy, but I believe it is possible. And I think that this also seems like another appropriate moment to remind us that what Paul is encouraging us to do, he is encouraging this from a jail cell. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. Step number three is this. Present your requests to God. Now that's the easy part. Like every one of you are like, I do that every day. Like God, I tell you my needs and you know my needs already, but I tell you anyway. God, where's my help? Like I'm telling, I'm doing this, right? Actually, this, again, easy to understand, not always easy to do, but look what Paul said here. He said, present your request to God. Now there's three qualifiers that Paul gives. Number one, he said, in every situation, Number two, with prayer and petition. And number three, with thanksgiving. Again, we, this, this entire passage in Philippians is about anxiety and peace. And Paul says, present your request to God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And quite honestly, you and I know this, that when we are stressed, when the circumstances are pressing in on our lives, it's not natural to be thankful. It's not natural for us to, to lead off our prayer requests with thanksgiving, yet that is exactly and precisely what Paul is telling us to do. Is it possible that that's the missing ingredient in your life? You've been, you've been barraging heaven with your prayer needs and your prayer requests. And you're leaving out this little caveat that Paul said, with thanksgiving. Friend, what if, just what if, thanking comes before asking? What if thanking should precede asking? That's what Paul said. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's the last part. I won't read this so much, but the fourth step, again, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. Present your request to God. And then he said this, set your mind on that which is good and on that which is of God. Look at what he said. I'm gonna read this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, Anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Again, we are in the category of our part. There is nobody else on this earth who has the ability to control your thought life. Neither will God control your thought life. Listen, friend, that is squarely in the category of our part. Everything I just read rests squarely in the category of our part. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. Present my requests to God. Set my mind on things above. Whatever is true, lovely, right, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. That is our part. Now what would happen? What would happen, friends, 
If every day, if every time that I feel anxious, every time that the stirring, the stirring, it's just, it's stuck in here, it's stirring, it's stirring, I'm overwhelmed, it's just, it won't quit. What if I go back to what Paul said in Philippians 4? What if I, in spite of how I feel, what if I will do what the word of God says I will do in spite of what I feel inside? I wonder, I just wonder if the stirring and the spinning will start slowing. I wonder if the stirring can start to slow in your in, in here, right? Like there's no way to really describe that anxiety except it's somewhere in here. Like I feel it. It's so real that I, I don't know how to shake it. What if you, what would happen? We're going to look at it in a minute. What would happen if we do our part? Let's look at what will happen. Okay, again, I don't have anything else for you. I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. Like, all I got is the word of God. I don't have any other platitudes or great advice. Like, all I got is the word, right? This is it. This is the word of life, right? Hebrews 4.12. It is living and active. This is what we have. I don't got nothing else, right? This is it. It's all I have to lean on and it's all I have to give you. Look at what God's part is. Look at this. This, if you, are, if you have a paper Bible, if, if I can beg you to find your paper Bible and turn it open to Philippians 4 and underline this scripture, this is huge, my friends. This is God's part. Two parts of God's part. And the peace of God. Type it in the chat. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Couple qualities that I wrote down just as I, as again, you could probably describe this with a hundred different statements, a couple things that I thought when I thought about the peace of God in verse six here. It says his peace will come. You know, again, my part, the stirring, when I do these things, the word of God says his peace will come to me. It says his peace will be powerful. He said, it says his peace won't make sense to me. His peace won't make sense. What if, let me just time out here, okay? Time out. In the middle of this, what if, don't, I mean, what if as a follower of Jesus, what if peace was like your superpower. You know, again, my, my kids, you know, they, they talk in that kind of language, like, what's your superpower? Like, what if peace, as a Christian, what if peace was our superpower? Don't you agree with me that, that in the swirling circumstances of this world that we live in, and the varied opinions about the world that we live in, as Brian said earlier, man, there are one million opinions about how we should be handling all of this craziness in the world. What if the world was looking at every believer in America, scratching their head saying, how do you do that? What if the world was looking at you as a follower of Jesus? What if your neighbor, your coworker, what if they looked at you and they scratched their head, they said, how do you do that, Scott? How do you do that, Mike and Lynn and, and Bob and Fred and all the whatever names I'm going to pull out, like Kate? How do you do that? How can you have peace in the midst of this storm? Friend, what if as followers of Jesus, the peace of God was so on you that the world was scratching their head and asking themselves, how can I get what you have? How can I have that? I want what you have. You're at peace in this. How do you do that? What if, what if the world looked on and saw that in us? Again, Paul said that the peace of God will defy explanation. It will defy explanation. It transcends understanding. That means you cannot explain it because it's supernatural. It will not have an explanation. It, because it's beyond understanding, it transcends understanding. Then look at this. He said this same peace that comes from God will guard your heart, right, that's stirring. It will guard your heart 
and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I know, I know because I've done, I've, I've had these moments too. Nobody is exempt from this, friend. Nobody's exempt from feeling that stirring, that anxiety here. And when it's stirring in here, it's stirring in here. Come on, friend, like you know that, right? Type it in the chat. It's stirring, it's stirring, it's stirring. Like, not that we're crazy. Sometimes we might feel that way. I don't mean this way. But like, the stirring here eventually comes to stirring up here. Or the stirring up here, my thoughts, I can't stop. I can't stop thinking about it. I, all these scenarios, and I can't stop it. It's up here, and then eventually it gets to here. And it stirs here, then it stirs here, and it never stops, and it never stops, and it never stops, and it never stops. What if the peace of God, which defies explanation, will guard your heart and your mind. That's what Paul said it will do. And literally, literally it says, you can start to play, it'd be awesome, Trevor. Um, literally, when it says guard your heart, it literally means to prevent, listen to this, tune in. It means to prevent hostile invasion. When, when Paul said that the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart, and your mind. What he says is that it will prevent hostile invasion. Stirring, 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 stirring. When, when that stirring happens, when the stirring happens, you know who's waiting to invade your life? The Bible speaks of this. Jesus spoke of this. He said, there is an enemy of your soul. He roars, or he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And when my surroundings are creating unrest, when my mind is going a million miles an hour and the stirring in my gut just won't quit, you become prey for the enemy. But not easy, pray, because the word of God says if we will do our part, then God will surely do his part. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He will prevent hostile invasion in your life. He will protect you from the enemy, the wicked one, the devil, the, the Satan himself the accuser of the brethren, God himself will protect you from the enemy when you do your part. The last part is this, and then we're gonna have a, an amazing song here. So he gives that passage. I'm gonna go back and read it briefly. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Listen to what Paul said to, to close this discussion. He said, and the God of peace... Look at what Paul said. Again, English translation. I'm not sure exactly how it is in the Greek, but I love how it's written in the, in the, in the NIV here. Because we read in verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends, transcends understanding. And the peace of God. And then Paul comes back two verses later and says, and the God of peace. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. Brian mentioned earlier, some, some people are struggling with loneliness right now. It's a real thing. Paul said, and the God of peace will be with you. What an incredible, incredible promise. Here's the bottom line, friends. The peace of God is found in the God of peace. The peace of God, the peace that is beyond explanation that guards my heart and my mind. Again, how do I do that? Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. Present my requests to God. Think on the things of God. And the peace of God will be with you. The peace of God is found in the God of peace. Trevor and Dan are going to do a song here. Um, and, uh, you know, music, I believe, music has a way of soothing our soul. To be very honest with you, friends, when I'm battling anxiety, 
when, I, when, when the stirring is here, when the stirring is here, I go to some of my, the songs that I, I wish, listen to, the worship. I just, I open on YouTube, I just listen to certain songs that, that bring me calm. And there's something that music, that worship, and when, the word, when, when you put the word of God into music, man, there's power that comes to our lives to soothe the stirring, the stirring, the stirring. This is not the end of the service. I want you to listen in. Maybe close your eyes and listen to the lyrics of this song. I believe that this song can help bring soothing to your soul. Anxiety bounds 
in the presence of Jesus, the keeper of peace. And peace is a promise he keeps. Oh, yes, Jesus, the keeper of peace. And peace is a promise he keeps. Wow. Um, <clears throat> what a beautiful song. I hope that um, you know how to rewind if you need to throughout the week and listen to that song again. That is a powerful, powerful declaration that peace is a promise he keeps. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Friend, there's, there's our part, right? What we do is our part. And there's God's part, which is the promise that he keeps. God will keep his promise to you. We are in covenant relationship with the Father in heaven. He will keep his word to you. However, this is perhaps for some of you listening, whether you're live with us on Sunday morning or it's 2 a.m. on Monday morning, it doesn't matter. If you have not yet begun a relationship with the God of this universe, you tuned in, you heard the worship, the music, the announcements, the offering, listened to the message, the special song. If you heard all of that, but you haven't yet made a decision to enter a relationship with the God of this universe, then none of what I just said is gonna work for you. None of it. The first step for you, my friend, again, most of us listening, you, you know Jesus, you're struggling with the stirring, all that, but for some of you listening at the sound of my voice today, you, have, you cannot remember a time when you made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And the only way that you will experience the peace of God is for you to have the God of peace. And I wanna invite you right now, I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. It's Christmas season, right? We are, the world, many places, the world is celebrating the birth of Christ. And your celebrations will forever be different if you, for the first time ever, make a decision to make Jesus your Lord. All you're gonna do, you're gonna pray with me, online, wherever it is, pray to yourself. It doesn't matter if there's people around you. Pray quietly. I'm gonna pray, and you're basically gonna do two things. You're gonna acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross as a payment of your sin. And you're gonna repent that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm gonna walk you through. It's gonna take 30 seconds. But friend, it's the most important 30 seconds that you will ever have in your life. If, you've, if you wanna make Jesus your Lord, Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you right now to change my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I repent of my sins and I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I believe that he died on a cross for my sins and rose to life on the third day. In his name I pray, amen. Friend, that's the, the simplest prayer that you could ever pray, but those 30 seconds, if you prayed it and believed it in your heart, will change your life forever. In fact, I want you to let us know. If you doesn't matter when it is. Again, it doesn't have to be Sunday morning. If it's Tuesday night and you're listening to this broadcast for the very first time, I want you to tell you, follow the instructions on the screen right now. Text follow to the number they give you. Like, let us know. Let us know that you made that decision so that we can come alongside of you. We can help you in this life of faith. We want to help you learn how to do your part so that God who always does his part, can cooperate with your part 
to bring the peace of God into your life. Um, one more thing, and I'm gonna pray for us today. Uh, if, if you wanna join us Wednesday night at seven o'clock, join us for our Growing Together segment online. I'll be taking a few minutes and teaching a bit deeper on one of the aspects of today's message. I know that I need it. I'm sure that many of us could say, man, I, I really wanna dig deeper into Philippians 4. And so join us on Wednesday night at seven. Uh, when we premiere that, it's gonna be a, a great time to just kind of hear more from God and go deeper into his word and let the word of God speak over our lives. So I wanna pray for us today and ask God to deliver peace into your life. Let me pray. Father, today, <clears throat> in the matchless name of Jesus, I'm asking you, God, to deliver peace to every single person under the sound of my voice. For those who, whose circumstances right now are, are fairly good, it's sunny and 70, it's pleasant, life is good, we're blessed, it's a charmed life, whatever. God, even for them, Lord, I pray that the peace of God, that they wouldn't look to their circumstances or their things to bring peace, but that the peace of God comes from the God of peace. And God, we pray a special prayer for those who, who are stirring right now, who are stewing right now, whose, whose thought life is, is out of control. God, I pray for those for whom their, their gut is just unsettled right now. God, I pray that you would equip them. God, give them the power to live out the promises of Philippians 4. Give us, give me the power to rejoice in the Lord always, to be anxious for nothing, to present my requests to God. And I pray that everybody, God, listening today, that every one of us would experience the peace of God, which transcends understanding, and that it would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray your blessing and your favor and your goodness and your grace and your abundance on your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. We love you so much, man. We love our church family. We bless you today. Hope you'll join us on Wednesday night. Be blessed. Have an amazing Sunday. Let the God of peace be with you. Amen.